Acts chapter 17. I'm going to start at verse 1. I'm going to read a little bit of an extended passage, but it's fascinating. In Acts chapter 17, Paul and Silas are on their way to a city, the city of Thessalonica. It says, Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the Scriptures explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ, or the Messiah. And some of them were persuaded, and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few of them were persuaded and joined Paul, including some of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous." And taking some wicked men, they formed a mob. They set the city in an uproar. They attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. Apparently, Jason was housing them, taking care of them, showing the gift of hospitality. And this is what Jason faces. And when they could not, the authorities could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men have turned the whole world upside down. Jason has received them, and they're all acting against the decrees of Caesar. These are the accusations. They're saying there's another king, King Jesus. And the people in the city of uh, the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. And when they had taken some money as security, bail money, from Jason and the rest, they let them go. And so we have a, well, we have an uproar. Why? Because Paul is teaching the scriptures. Then it says, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So when Paul went and opened up the scriptures to tell them what he had told believers at Thessalonica, the, the Jews at Berea responded differently. They listened. They examined the scriptures. Then it says, many of them therefore believed. They got saved. They were forgiven. They trusted in Jesus as the promised Messiah. And it says, many of them believed, and not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. And then get this now, but when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea, they came there too, agitating and stirring up the crowd. In other words, it wasn't enough to run them out of the Thessalonica. They then followed them to Berea in order to create problems. But what we want to be like is certainly not like the Jews at Thessalonica. No, we want to be like the Bereans, who received what was taught, but they examined it carefully to see if it was really true in keeping with the Word of God. That brings me to, I guess, the logical question. You know, how can we be Bereans? And really, is it that important? I want to suggest to you it's as important today as it certainly was back then. Maybe more important. Because we live in a day in which there's so many deviations from truth. In the case of the Bereans, they knew their Old Testament, but now they were getting a new revelation that Paul was given to them. And what that revelation was is about the person of Jesus Christ. Could this one who came and was crucified and died and rose again, could he be the one that was promised? 
And that's what Paul was teaching them. And then a number could see that he did fulfill Old Testament prophecies. They came to faith in him as the Messiah, as the promised one, as the Savior. And so a number of them were saved. They were forgiven, delivered from their sins because they trusted in Christ. Well, we live in a day in which unless we know what the Word of God says, we have so many challenges to to the very person of who Jesus Christ is. So many deviations from truth. So let me give you some thoughts on, on how to be a Berean. First of all, they were cautious. They were cautious to listen to what Paul had to say, and what did they do? They went to the Word of God. You know, we need to do the same. Even though a lot of years have passed and we're so far out, the bottom line is there are still people coming up with new teaching, and a lot of it deviates from biblical truth. So when you hear something that's brand new that can be rather intriguing, it may appeal literally to to your desires. That's the prosperity gospel for one. Who doesn't like to hear that, hey, God wants you healthy, wealthy, and wise, and that life's going to be just an absolute joyride the moment you trust in Christ as Savior? Sounds good, but it's not true. No, in this world we will face tribulation. The Lord Jesus Christ said that. So we've got to take some of the teaching that a lot of times is manipulative, and we've got to compare it to what the Word of God says. The Word of God says we'll be persecuted if we live a godly life. Now, are we prosperous? Well, eternally, absolutely. Can we be temporally? Sure, if God wants to pour out a material blessing on us, wonderful. But there is not a guarantee in the Word of God based upon the work of the cross of our Savior. And so when you hear teaching like this, that may be appealing to the ear, tickles the ear, don't simply buy into it. Be cautious. Don't immediately embrace it. Now, another thing is don't be taken in by some, well, gifted speaker, some great communicator who has a phenomenal presentation. There are quite a few that make their way into our day. I can remember one night I was up fairly late and I went to a, quote, Christian TV station. And there was a gentleman who was speaking on prophecy. So I thought, well, I'd like to hear what he has to say. And I listened. And he was rather articulate. He would throw a passage around, he'd throw passages around left and right. And then he referenced one passage and began to explain what it supposedly said. Well, it just so happened that I kind of knew that passage fairly well. And as he went through it, I thought, this guy's missing it totally. And he was. But he was doing so in such a way that unless you had studied the passage, unless you really knew, you easily would have embraced what he had to say because he spoke with such confidence. He spoke with conviction. He was throwing one passage out after another. It just seemed like he had the entire Word of God in his, in his memory. Well, the fact is, this particular passage that he camped on, he had it way, he was way off. But I thought, how many people are listening right now and buying into what he has to say? So, so don't be taken in when somebody is a, well, gifted communicator who has a, a rather slick presentation. You've really got to examine what in the world a given passage says that a person may reference. And you can do that, by the way. You can. Don't say, oh, I don't, I don't know how to do that. No, you can. The Word of God was given to you. It was, it was given in the common language of the day with the view in mind that we would all be able to read it and to study it. Study the Word of God to show yourself approved. And so don't be taken in by someone that, uh, well, can be rather slick in their presentation. So, you know, be careful, be cautious about new teaching, 
uh, don't be taken in by, by someone in terms of their ability to communicate or the way they're communicating. And then do this, examine what is being taught with the Word of God. Now, yes, that may take some time, and you may have to actually study, read, do some research. All good, my friends. All good. I, when I first became a believer, I was single. I studied for hours. I used to enjoy it so much, especially responding to groups that deviated from biblical truth. I would listen to tapes of individuals responding to the groups that had deviated from truth. And as I did, I was just so, so taken in by the Word of God. And so we need to examine what uh, someone is saying with the Word of God. We need to get into the text. We need to read the text. We need to study it. We need to maybe do some research, and it may help to have some uh, solid commentaries as a supplement to what we're studying. And, and so get into the text and really examine what's being said. Now, you stop and you say, well, I feel somewhat limited. Okay, well, God gives gifted men and gifted men to the church and women. And so there are times when we really do need to access those who have a teaching gift. But you need to have several teachers that are highly credible, who are recognized as gifted teachers who are solidly in the biblical text. Now, I trust that your pastor, by the way, is, is one like that a man who is committed to the Word of God, who digs into the Word of God and opens it up and explains what it says, that's called exposition. They're telling you what God's Word says as well as they possibly can so that you can understand it. Solid teachers. And so be willing to, to, to get into what they have to say on a particular topic, especially when it comes to major issues like the deity of Christ and the sacrificial death of our Savior. Then be careful, by the way, if you happen to be a teacher. If you are a teacher, you have a level of credibility with some people, whether you deserve it or not. You better be careful, then, what you, quote, endorse in terms of someone's teaching. I can remember over the years I have endorsed books, but I made sure I read what the book had to say. It didn't mean that I necessarily agreed with everything in a given book, but I was willing to give whatever degree of uh, accountability and credibility that I had uh, to a particular author and his book. But I can remember over the years that there were some who uh, got to the point where they wouldn't do it because so many men were falling into immorality, and it seemed like they were endorsing that individual and, and his behavior didn't live up to uh, what they expected. So be careful when you endorse something, because when you do, there'll be a lot more people that may buy into that particular person and that person's teaching. And then also keep in mind, with modern communication today, we've got a lot of people that really can communicate some things at a very high level, but tragically, some of what they communicate is flat out not true. Uh, we can have, you yeah, want to call it fake teaching, since we hear so much about fake news, False teaching, false teachers. But the communication that uh, is possible today with the technology, man, this is, is essentially epidemic. Now, why do I say this? Because, well, we live in a day in which it seems like we've just moved away from the Word of God. One of the biggest churches, if not the biggest church in the country, the pastor recently came out and said, we need to unhinge the Old Testament from the New Testament. We need to unhinge it. The problem is that Jesus Christ endorsed the Old Testament. 
He referenced everything from Genesis to Second Chronicles, which was the last book in the Hebrew Bible. The entire Bible as we know it. All 39 books were endorsed, essentially, by the person of Jesus Christ. So you're a Berean, right? If you hear this knowledgeable teacher who may have had a ministry in your life, who's a very effective communicator, who has a huge, huge ministry, he's worth millions of dollars, when he says you need to unhinge the Old Testament from the New, you're not going to buy that, are you? You're going to be a Berean. In fact, you're going to dig in and you're going to point out, well, wait a minute, how would we even know who Jesus Christ is apart from the Old Testament? Because the Old Testament was pointing to him, pointing to his arrival the suffering servant of Isaiah. How can we unhinge it? How can we in any way lessen it? When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, what did he do? He called upon the truth found in the Old Testament. We can't just kind of divide it and kind of put it in the background. So in a word, the answer is be a Berean. No matter who's teaching, check it against the Word of God.